Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The FCB Radio Network, where real talk lives. Views from the 216 on the FCB Radio Network. This is an FCB Radio News special report. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to another edition of Views from the 216. This is Dario the Kingpin Morrow alongside my co-host Ashley Evans. And we have a lot of stuff to get into today. As a matter of fact, we have news that is breaking at the moment. At the moment that we are uh, taping this show. So we're going to jump right into it. The biggest political news. The biggest political story of the Trump presidency. Uh, We've been all waiting for this for the last, I don't know, two years. However long this has been. Uh, The Mueller report. Uh, The Mueller report was just uh, released. Uh, But first, before we do that, I just want to say, how are you, Miss Evans? I'm good. How are you? I am good. I'm good. I'm excited to get get to this thing that we've been waiting on forever. Right. You so, guys, we've postponed recording. We've been in the studio just waiting. <laughs> so we can make sure you all have all the pertinent information here. Exactly. So, all right, what we're going to do is I'm probably not going to read this entire thing, but I am going to read some of uh, the letter that the attorney general sent to Congress today. And I have to put my glasses on because I'm becoming an old man in order to be able to see this. So this week, you guys, he's the old one. (laughs) Right. It's normally you, but today I got to do this. (laughs) All right. So this is again from uh, Bob Barr, the attorney general. And we're going to start here. On Friday, the special counsel submitted to me a confidential report explaining the prosecution or declined how do you say that? Decline, decline, declination, I think, decisions he, he has reached. This report is entitled Report on the Investigation into Russian Interference in the 2016 Presidential Election. Although my review is ongoing, I believe that it is in the public interest to describe the report and to summarize the principal conclusions reached by the special counsel and the results of his investigation. The report explains that the special counsel and his staff thoroughly investigated allegations that members of the presidential campaign of Donald J. Trump and others associated with it conspired with the Russian government in its efforts to interfere in the 2016 U.S. presidential election or sought to obstruct the related federal investigations. 
In the report, the special counsel noted that in completing his investigation, he employed 19 lawyers who were assisted by a team of approximately 40 FBI agents, intelligence analysts, forensic accountants, and other professional staff. The special counsel issued more than 2,800 subpoenas, executed nearly 500 search warrants, obtained more than 230 orders for communication records, issued almost 50 orders authorizing use of pen registers, made 13 requests to foreign governments for evidence, and interviewed approximately 500 witnesses. The special counsel obtained a number of indictments and convictions of individuals and entities in connection with his investigation, all of which have been publicly disclosed. During the course of his investigation, the special counsel also referred several matters to other offices for further action. The report does not recommend any further indictments, nor did the special counsel obtain any sealed indictments that have yet to be made public. Below, I summarize the, the principal conclusions set out in the special counsel's report. The special counsel's report is dividing into two parts. The first describes the results of the special counsel's investigation into Russia's interference in the 2016 presidential election. The report outlines the Russian effort to influence the election and documents crimes committed by persons associated with the Russian government in connection with these efforts. The report further explains that a primary consideration for the special counsel's investigation was whether any Americans, including individuals associated with the Trump campaign, joined the Russian conspiracies to influence the, the election, which would be a federal crime. The special counsel's investigation did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with Russia in its efforts to influence the 2016 presidential election. As the report states, quote, the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. The special, the special counsel's investigation determined that there were two main Russian efforts to influence the 2016 election. The first involved attempts by a Russian organization, the Internet Research Agency, to conduct disinformation and social media operations in the United States designed to sow social discord, especially with the eventually with the aim of interfering with the election. As noted above, the special counsel did not find that any U.S. person or Trump campaign official or associate conspired or knowingly coordinated with the IRA in its efforts, although the special counsel brought criminal charges against a number of Russian nationals and entities in connection with these activities. The second element involved the Russian government's efforts to conduct computer hacking operations designed to gather and disseminate information to influence the election. The special counsel found that Russian government actors successfully hacked into computers and obtained emails from persons affiliated with the Clinton campaign and Democratic Party organizations and publicly disseminated those materials through various intermediaries, including WikiLeaks. Based on these activities, the special counsel brought criminal charges against a number of Russian military officers, officers excuse me, for conspiring to hack into computers in the United States for purposes of influencing the election. But as noted above, the special counsel did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in these efforts, despite multiple offers from Russian affiliated individuals to assist the Trump campaign. The report's second part addresses a number of actions by the president, most of which have been the subject of public reporting that the special counsel investigated as potentially raising obstruction of justice concerns. 
After making a thorough factual investigation into these matters, the special counsel considered rather to evaluate the conduct under department standards governing prosecution and declination decisions, but ultimately determined not to make a traditional prosecutorial judgment. The special counsel therefore did not draw a conclusion one way or the other as to whether the examined conduct constituted obstruction. Instead, for each of the relevant actions investigated, the report sets out evidence on both sides of the question and leaves unresolved what the special counsel views as difficult issues of law and fact concerning whether the president's actions and intent could be viewed as obstruction. The special counsel states that, quote, while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it does. It also does not exonerate him. The special counsel's decision to describe the facts of his obstruction investigation without reaching any legal conclusions leaves it to the attorney general to determine whether the conduct described in the report constitutes a crime. Over the course of the investigation, the special counsel's office engaged in discussions with certain department officials regarding many of the legal and factual matters at issue in the special counsel's obstruction investigation. After reviewing the special counsel's final report on these issues, consulting with department officials, including the Office of Legal Counsel, and applying the principles of federal prosecution that guide our charging decisions, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and I have concluded that the evidence developed during the special counsel's investigation is not sufficient to establish that the president committed an obstruction of justice offense. Our determination was made without regard to and is not based on the constitutional considerations that surround the indictment and criminal prosecution of a sitting president. In making this determination, we noted that the special counsel recognized that the evidence does not establish that the president was involved in an underlying crime related to Russian, to Russian election interference. And that while not determinative, the absence of such evidence bears upon the president's intent with respect to obstruction. Generally speaking, to obtain and sustain an obstruction conviction, the government would need to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that a person acting with corrupt intent engaged in obstructive conduct with a sufficient nexus to a pending or contemplated proceeding. In cataloging the president's actions, many of which took place in public view, the report identifies no actions that, in our judgment, constitute obstructive conduct had a nexus to a pending or contemplated proceeding and were done with corrupt intent, each of which under the, par under the department's principles of federal prosecution guiding charging decisions would need to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt to establish an obstruction of, of justice offense. Based on my discussions with special counsel and my initial review, it is apparent that the report contains material that is, et cetera, et cetera. This is uh, citing certain code so you might want to go look at that uh he is uh referencing whether what parts of the entire report can be made public and what cannot be so uh basically i have read the uh the most important parts of this review so basically the conclusion is uh there was no evidence that anyone in the trump campaign knowingly coordinated with Russia. There's uh, no collusion. Yes. <laughs> yes. And this is what you're going to hear. And there is no collusion. And that's 
basically the case. On the uh, case of obstruction of justice, it was very interesting that uh, the special counsel did not come to a firm conclusion Mm -hmm. as to whether the president's conduct constituted obstruction of justice. And it appears that something that may benefit him is the fact that he did it so publicly that he made those comments and did the things that he did so publicly and in the open that that actually would hurt an obstruction case against him. Right. So um, let's jump right into it. Ashley, first, your thoughts on the report itself and the conclusions. Um, So far at this point is very underwhelming. Um, So we pretty much have sat here and waited all weekend for additional details. And pretty much we've gotten all the details we were going to get over the course of the investigation. So for everyone who was charged and going to be indicted based on what the investigation result, it has been done. So we definitely know that no one, um, no Trump family member and President Trump himself have not been um, named in this um, in this investigation as having anything to to do with anything. So mm-hmm. Trump or um, obstruction of ju- I'm not Trump Russia or in uh, obstruction of justice. Mm-hmm. So I mean I guess that's just that I'm I'm a little underwhelmed. You know it, it doesn't get me any further. Uh, information on what I should think, feel, any of that. So, so um, on the obstruction, uh, that that was the uh, the part of the report that was a little more interesting. That they weren't able to come to a firm conclusion one way or the other mm-hmm. as to whether a president uh, obstructed justice, and part of it is because it's one of those crimes that you have to measure intent. Right. So, yeah. And that's definitely the the deal here. Whether or not a person can. I think it's hard at any time. Right. Like even when we go about our daily interactions to measure a person's intent. Intent. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of things in our justice system have intent attached to it. Um, So whether it's It's homicide or manslaughter or whatever is your intent, like what you were thinking about at the time in which you did it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess that plays into me and to the Trump narrative and the narrative from the beginning of his presidency was how much he knows and he's inexperienced and he doesn't realize things. (laughs) Um, So this just goes right back to that to Uh, say, you know, he's played at least this role of uh, this business person who is just doing something that's out of his warehouse and there was a lot for him to learn and, you know, he doesn't understand and this, that, and the third. Um, probably just because he, never mind. I'll leave that. Never mind. <laughs> anyway. Um, so it, it plays into that narrative for sure. And just like you had mentioned, because a lot of these things were public and he's, um, been very grandiose in his actions. Um, then yeah, that would be, when you're not secretly moving, you know mm. what I mean? You probably do feel like at least one would imagine you feel like you're justified in what you're doing or you're doing the right thing or whatever, because it's not a secret. Right. right. Um, so I guess that would make it very hard to be convicted. So um, obviously this is a good day. I mean, anybody can, anybody would admit this is a good day if you're in Trump world. 
Right. If you're in Trump world, this was the this is the news you've been waiting for. That essentially, uh, the special con- the special counsel has exonerated everybody from Russian collusion, and has not given a firm conclusion one way or the other as to whether the president obstructed justice. So moving the conversation on a little bit, what do you think, Ashley, that this means for 2020? I personally believe that with this monkey, so to speak, off of Trump's back, I think this improves this improves his chances for 2020. Um. In a way, I guess I would say I agree because what it does is make the whole case at this point um, very easily to dismiss. Mm -hmm. So um, especially for those who are super pro Trump. And so I guess the base that we've been talking about since he's been um, in this atmosphere Um, and that base a lot of times um, from their from how they've been characterized aren't looking for details. They're not the ones that will sit back and say, well, I still want to see what's in this report and how they came to these conclusions and actually analyze what's going to be put out. What what we hope, well, I guess what the Democratic Party mm-hmm. hopes to be put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, for a lot of people, um, as a matter of fact, uh, I was listening to NPR real briefly yesterday and they were interviewing people about this kind of and what they expected and what they felt, you know, and there was one guy who said, you know, I'm so um, involved and just trying to survive right now that I really don't even care. Mm. So mm. those people that's interesting are a lot of us and on both sides of the aisle, you know, not even necessarily Trumping world, but I do think those people are also reflected in Trump's base. Mm -hmm. So they'll only have a moment to get this snippet, right? So this letter, we just read most of it on air. So Mm -hmm. it took five minutes to read the letter and that was enough. (laughs) And so they said (laughs) that the conclusions were, we're not going to prosecute him and there's nothing for us to do anymore. So obviously he doesn't do anything. And so that's it. right? Right. Right. And so us here who are policy wonks or really into politics who are in the media or whatever are now saying, okay, so we get this. There's not much that's going to happen. We understand that we're not going to send him to jail at this point. Um, but are, is the whole thing going to be released, which is, you know, this has been going on for what? Is it two years? At least two At years. least two years. Yeah. So I'm sure this is a very detailed, long and arduous report, you mm-hmm. know. So is it going to be released to Congress? And effectively, if it's released to Congress, that means it's released to us. And what more information is there to say it? How, you know, what testimonies are there that has Trump anywhere in the room or have knowledge or whatever? And basically, I guess what I would be looking for is, is this one of the Trumpian tricks like, well, I submitted you the paperwork, but I didn't sign. <laughs> I didn't I didn't sign the agreement, and mm-hmm. I still went forward. And so technically, that wasn't illegal. Technically, it wasn't my fault. So no, you can't send me to jail. I didn't do anything wrong, but oops, I'm sorry. All right. So for those people who will be looking for stuff like that, the 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 details, um, they'll still continue to question his credibility. Um, but that has been the entire fight, like the fight for uh, for twenty twenty, um, the fight to discredit Trump, to remove him from office or whatever. 
that he's been surrounded by. His presidency has been surrounded by. It just simply, as far as I just, it won't be over. You know, there'll be a lot of spinning of whatever comes out mm-hmm. in the full report. So uh, the next thought is, was there a lot of, you, you said that the, the report was underwhelming, and I think that's a very good way to describe it. Do you think that there are people, whether there are people on the Democratic side or people in the media that unfairly or unnecessarily hyped this thing up? So I've heard pundits who, who spoke about uh, the possibility of Trump going to jail. And this is something I've never believed because the Justice Department has been clear, as we heard, I don't know, about 15 times as we were watching the breaking news on NBC, mm-hmm. that the department's policy, and has and has been for some time, is that you cannot indict a sitting president. Mm-hmm. So even if he had committed crimes while in office, you cannot indict a sitting president. And the conclusion that they, and one of the reasons why they came to that conclusion, I was researching this yesterday, one of the reasons why they came to that conclusion is that a president under indictment, it would imperil his ability to govern. Mm-hmm which therefore means you cannot indict a sitting president. If a president commits crimes in office, that is what the impeachment process is for. Mm -hmm. So do you think that uh, the expectations for this report were hyped up or not managed properly by whether it was Democrats or people on the left or the media in general to make people expect an outcome that we clearly did not get? So this is what I think was supposed to happen, and I'm going to give a plug because I can't wait to get home to watch it. Tricky Dick. Yes. Tonight on CNN at 9 o'clock. So, hey, CNN, if you want to throw us some money. Yeah, we're yeah, out holla here. at us. Holla at us, right. <laughs> um, so I'm excited to watch. Again, this, obviously, we're on the show, and so uh, political history and whatever is always there. So I really think that what happened was we wanted another Watergate moment. So as far as Richard Nixon, so this is what Tricky Dick is about, about Watergate and um, Richard Nixon, he ended up resigning. So basically what I think is that what it really was is this this consistent pressure to finally get this man to fold Mm -hmm. and say, okay, forget it. Never mind. I might have done something wrong. Or even to the point of you just dragged my name in the mud some more that I have no more credibility and right. I'm, this is just over with. Like, I'm done. Right. And unfortunately, we have the man who is Trump, <laughs> who I don't think is very affected like uh, the normal person yes. in that way. <laughs> well, and, and, and one thing that I've seen people say about the Nixon-Trump comparisons is one of the reasons why Nixon ultimately resigned is because no matter how how much of the character flaws he had, he still ultimately there still was a part of him that was an institutionalist. And he still respected at least somewhat the institutions of government in the country. Right. And he didn't want to force the government, he didn't want to force the country to go through in impeachment proceedings. Right. So right now, we have a person who definitely doesn't care. Right. Um, so, again, there are people who are very much outraged at the fact that he's become president. Um, this is also why there's conversations about the need for electoral college, and there's there are states that are actually uh, rewriting their laws, so electoral, co- electoral colleges and the number of votes they get per state are not as um, influential um, in presidential campaigns, and so that's also influencing 2020 and how that outcome would um, come 
Um, so there's a lot of movement outside of directly Trump. Mm-hmm. Trump moving out of the way, you mm-hmm. know, or getting out of office. Um, so I think there, there again, too, um, I didn't read it, so I don't know where she stands exactly, unfortunately, and I probably should have. But um, I know there were some articles that were even questioning whether Nancy Pelosi would actually go through impeachment. Oh, she um, she openly said that no. She said she didn't believe that impeachment was worth it. Right. So yeah. obviously the impeachment proceedings in people's minds are really heavy weighted uh, resources that, you know, they obviously want to use in other areas and you know i guess there's definitely a case to be made there's a lot of things going on in this country that need to be taken care of versus just uh handling the president so in that manner just that you know you bringing up the fact that you know nixon wanted to avoid that and he had enough respect for the institution in itself to say okay look obviously there's enough people that want me out of office or feel that again my credibility is shot and whatever so i'm gonna go ahead and resign um, I think this was a tactic to be able to do that. And there's no question that Trump is not an institutionalist. Right. <laughs> right. So we unfortunately tried some of those tactics that have worked in the past and it did not. Right. So I guess, to, again, sometimes I do feel like I'm a little bit of a politician, so I don't know if I answer that directly. Do I think <laughs> that it was worth it? Is that Was that the question? Uh, at this point, I don't even remember. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's fine, too. Cool. So I definitely did my job. I made you all forget what the question was. See? So I'll, I'll know it when I go back so and listen. Ashley Evans for whatever office in 2020. <laughs> I think I got this down packed. Right. Um. So here's, here's the next question, though. Do you think, as a result of this, and this is pretty, uh, uh, obviously we're watching breaking news now, and Sarah Huckabee Sanders' statement is, the findings of the Department of Justice are a total and complete exoneration of the President of the United States. Um, It's hard to, other than the obstruction part, where they didn't come to a firm conclusion one way or the other, but the Attorney General essentially said that there wasn't enough evidence to, uh, to convict the President of obstruction of justice. Um, it's kind of hard not to look at this and, and view it just like that, that it's an exoneration of the president. Well, this is my deal in any really judgment, right? There is not guilty and then there's innocent. Yes. And there's a difference. Correct. So I think what we're saying right now is the president is quote unquote, not, not guilty. guilty, but there is no one to say that he is innocent, which yeah. is also why I do feel like this um, special counsel said they didn't make a judgment one way or another. Yeah, I do really say I do really feel that's directly saying I'm not going to declare his innocence. I'm just not. There's not enough. Evidence there's not to- enough evidence to. Get a conviction. Get a conviction. And so when we're, you know, looking from a prosecutor's standpoint, um, most of us probably know um, or have some sense that you're building a case and you're deciding whether or not you have enough to actually win your case. Mm -hmm. At most times when even things don't come before a judge or prosecutors decide not to go forward, it's just because the evidence is not available. Especially on the federal level where they have a 98% conviction rate. Right. Yeah. So on a prosecutorial uh, stand, like your conviction rates is a big deal. It's whether or not you keep your job. Mm-hmm. So 
people have to make, and, and again, it's also an issue of resources in this matter. Like, are the resources there? Is there enough evidence to expend the resources to continue to try this case and take it and actually win right. and say that someone was responsible for, um, someone was responsible for the said crimes or whatever. So what we're saying is, based on the evidence, the subpoenas and everything else, there's not enough information, and particularly enough information to say that he, again, intended mm-hmm. intended to obstruct justice. Mm-hmm. So did he do things that were obstructionist? Probably. But was it his intent to do so? Right. You know what I mean? Yep. So, again, that's not innocence. That's not saying that I'm completely exonerated, I did nothing wrong, or I made no, even if we want to say I made no mistakes, right? So we can hide information or obstruct justice not knowingly. Mm -hmm. It was a mistake, but that doesn't make me innocent of what you're accusing me of. I still did it. So let me ask you this, and I have another question uh, after after this, but this this conversation right here just brought up something um, that I want to get your opinion on. Do you think, in general, just your general opinion, so the Justice Department is clear about the fact that you can't indict a sitting president. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that policy, in general, is a positive or a negative for the country? Because essentially you're, what you're saying is the president, while in office, cannot be indicted or, or convicted of a crime, regardless of whether he commits a crime in office or not. Do you think that that is positive for the institution or do you think that sends a signal that there is someone who is above the law, at least while they're in office? Hmm. See, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer to that because. It's a tough one. Yeah. It's a tough one. Um, because obviously it will be bad for the country for a sitting president to be indicted. But does and it's that... bad for the country for a sitting president to actually do something wrong. Correct. And, you know, to commit a crime. Correct. Um, and again, does it, I guess maybe in answering the set of, like, does it set a standard would mean to me, um, has it caused the presidents, the sitting presidents, that have um, functioned under this standard to actually feel as if they were above the law. And I kind of want to say no, mm-hmm. you know, not there's, I don't have outright evidence to say that this has put this idea out there that presidents can go and do whatever they want and how they feel or whatever. Like, so I want to say no. Mm-hmm. And I also but and I also think of situations where, like in war or things like that, where sometimes certain things would be maybe criminal, but maybe maybe um, justifiable justifiable from mm-hmm. a presidential standpoint or mm-hmm. for the protection of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, can can we convict? presidents of certain certain things like that i you know it's like i don't know yeah um and i just don't think i'm informed enough to really know mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i don't know has anybody ever done the research like we've had 45 presidents so yeah. you know yeah is there some psychological evidence that made them feel as if they had because the answer like the 
like I mentioned earlier, power or whatever. Like I mentioned earlier, the the one of the reasons is in our system of government, and there's debates on this. There are some legal scholars who who do believe that a sitting president can be indicted, but the argument for the other side is that the proper way to address crimes committed by a president while in office is impeachment. Mm-hmm. And then I guess I don't get the sense that that means they can never be indicted, just they can't be sitting president. While in office, correct. Right. Yes. So that doesn't mean that... Since you mentioned Richard Nixon, if you if you recall, when he resigned, uh, President Ford, Vice President Ford, who became president, one of the first things he did was pardon Richard Nixon. Mm-hmm. Because right. Richard Nixon still could have been charged with crimes right. committed while in office just now that he's out of office. Right. So right. he still could have been, yeah. So it's only while you're in office. A right. sitting president so, cannot be indicted. So, right. So I guess even to further that discussion, in that, in light of that, because um, I'm obviously, you know, talking and thinking it's through, in light yeah. of just saying that, then that doesn't make you, that doesn't give you carte blanche. You know what I mean? Because yes. it doesn't exonerate you from persecution. You just might have four years to be cool. To wait for it. To wait, right. right. <laughs> oh, I'm going to just wait four years and then go to jail for the rest of my life. Like, that makes no sense. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I think it's one of those things that's like, Maybe it shouldn't be on the books, but should we really, like, be worried about it too much? Does it really give people, you know, the impetus to go ahead and commit crimes because you're president now and they can't touch me? I don't I don't think I don't mm-hmm. think so. Mm-hmm. All right. So my um, last question on this. And this is a, a, a thought of mine just kind of when I when I first when the Mueller when we first heard that the Mueller report was coming out, it was. I was kind of feeling this way because we were kind of hearing that it was probably going to go this way. Um, but the question now is, and, and this obviously impacts 2020 as well. It impacts everything moving forward. Now, there are a lot of investigations that are taking place in Congress mm-hmm. currently. Mm-hmm. Should those investigations continue in light of the result from the special counsel's office? And the reason why I ask that is because there are two things that could happen. One, and and both could backfire on the Democrats in 2020. Mm-hmm. One is this idea, obviously, Trump has been calling this whole thing a witch hunt from the very beginning. And now that he's essentially been exonerated, uh, he's going to attack any investigation, where, regardless of whether it's legitimate or not, by Congress of, obstruct, of, of being uh, a witch hunt. And he has a now credible, solid argument to make to the public. So that could backfire on the Democrats. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is it, does it look like they're taking resources, as you mentioned earlier, um, on, on when we were talking about another part of this, that is, does it look like they're taking resources that will be better used elsewhere to investigate the president on something that the special counsel has said there's no evidence that he committed a crime? But on the other hand, it's part of their the, the this is part of their job as well to investigate the executive branch. Right, and that so, was just going to be my immediate answer. Mm-hmm. Um, is that this um, does not stop the Congress? It, like the two are not intertwined in terms of the Congress's obligation to investigate, mm-hmm. um, which 
again, I would say that's probably why Democrats are asking for all of the information. For the entire report, yes. The entire report. And so in that way, too, that makes their job easier, right? So if they are looking for evidence on similar matters already with their open investigations they have, and Robert Mueller had different um, evidence, then it makes it easier to wrap up what they're doing and say and make a decision as how far they want to continue in these investigations in Congress um, and compare those things to what they already have. And I do say that there is something to be investigated still, I feel, as far as President President Trump's fit uh to be president and whether or not um he's leaned too hard like he's done a lot of pretty radical things in these last two years in terms of taking his what he would feel is executive privilege and the firing and trying to he's been moving too much to have not done anything and mm-hmm. not and there's too many people even just with the what is it 36 people mm-hmm. 34 people and six of your aides out of those 34 people are being sent to jail. And you mean to tell me there is nothing that you did? Nothing mm-hmm. that you were connected to? You didn't have, uh, you didn't lean on anybody to do anything for you. You didn't lie about something to cover something up. Again, and that something might not be Russia. Um, but something. Mm-hmm. Something at some point where you were asked to come in an official manner to make a statement and and so there's still a little there. I think there's some un- unsettling things just about this president that I do feel like we need to put to bed. Do you think that could backfire on the Democrats in 2020? And one of the reasons why uh, it's been reported. Well, and Nancy Pelosi said this herself about not wanting to pursue impeachment. And one of the the backstory to that is that people remember how impeaching Bill Clinton backfired on the Republicans in uh, in the election. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He actually won re-election partially as a result of... of his impeachment. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah, there was... He won re-election. No. Okay, never mind. I feel like there was some other elections... Yeah, there was kind a congressional, a dem- yeah, the yeah, congressional election. Yeah, yeah, the Congress, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's what it was. Yeah. Congress um, changed seats at that time um, mm-hmm. as well. And so now, yeah, you're right at the point where now the Republicans um, have a stronghold on Congress, congressional seats. Um, but during the Clinton administration, they didn't. Mm-hmm. And it was part partly as a result of the impeachment. <sighs> so, I mean, and yeah. And now the Democrats just won the House last year. And they're the the old the old guard the the old the grizzled vets are concerned about them having a backlash similar to what mm-hmm. happened to the Republicans mm-hmm. uh, with Bill Clinton. So, do you think if they if they continue to aggressively pursue this, even in light of of the results of this report, that that could backfire on the Democrats in twenty twenty? It could, but I just I sit here feeling like. Um, Trump is just a different guy. He's a different guy. You know, his legacy is different in the sense that um, he's a weasel. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, that was eloquent. (laughs) Sometimes I just can't be just. He's a weasel. <laughs> um, so he has a, a, that's just who he is. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, if, if we say, you know, we learn from history, then yeah, there's the possibility it can. Um, but he's just a weasel. He's such a weasel <laughs> that I almost feel like it'll backfire if you don't. Well, and it, it seems like the Democrats are in a damned if you do, damned if you right. don't scenario because right. they have a lot of their supporters who are like, you need to continue in doing this. Mm-hmm. And it looks like you're not doing your mm-hmm. job if you don't. I mean, people want right now their feelings about him to be validated. Yes. yes. And so even for me right now, it's not even about party lines. It's about the fact that I want... I don't want this president. Like, I don't. I don't even want to deal with a 2020 (laughs) with Trump in it. Like, I want another Republican to decide to run for nominee. You know, yeah, yeah, like, I I don't want this. Like, okay, it's enough. It's over. Like, (laughs) the reality show, let's be done with it. Like, you're fired. (laughs) That's it. Um, So, yeah, I I think there's a lot of people who are waiting for the insanity to just be over. And so... Well, those people who are waiting for the insanity to be over, they just had a very bad day today. Right. And and that's true. (laughs) And, I mean, you know, I even recently have read, you know, like you sit in your... Oh, I was reading um, Becoming by Michelle Obama. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of things that are related um, in this book about, but... I remember what she talked about is on election night um, when Trump won, how before, like, she could see the writing on the wall and it wasn't good news. And everybody was like, oh, you know, they're watching from the White House at the time. And there's conversations like, oh, this isn't good. Oh, my God. I don't know. But it wasn't official yet. But she went to bed. And she was like, you know, normally she stays up and she was in the hoopla with um President Barack Obama and blah, blah, blah. But that night, she just couldn't. And I did the same thing. I was like, oh, my God. She did exactly what it, you know, the same thing. And it was one of those things where I definitely went to bed. And then I woke up with my phone and was like, oh, my God. Like, no. (laughs) How? Like, how? And I say that to say, like, I, and my daughter, even this is her was her first election um, voting, and she called like, "Mom, why is like I don't feel good? Like why?" <laughs> um. <laughs> and she called. She called you uh, before the show started. She sounds just like that. <laughs> like that was her. <laughs> yes, that's her. Like, mom, I don't know why this happened. Like we voted, and I don't understand. And you know, and so it it. It was validating to see that, like, Michelle Obama, so obviously I wasn't the only one in my bed saying, like, how did this happen? (laughs) And, um, you know, even me, like, I worked in the Republican primary, you know, in Ohio here. And I was, like, happy because initially it was like, Ohio's not going to do it. So I don't think this man is coming. And then all of a sudden, like, he did. Like, how did this, like, I don't know how. (laughs) So we've been living a nightmare, and it's and it is disappointing today to be like, okay, well, there's nothing else to to clearly say that this nightmare is going to end. And I do think there are a lot of people that want to be like, okay, we won't have to. This is a e- even if it's just one term, it will be over. 
a second time, but it, it'd be horrible. So, well, and I, I personally believe, and, and we'll wrap on this. I personally believe <laughs> that this has really improved his chances for 2020. Um, first of all, it's hard to beat a incumbent president anyway, in general, right, right. It, off, it, it doesn't happen very often. As a matter of fact, the last, what, four presidents that we've had got two terms, Clinton, Bush, well, the last three, Clinton, Bush, and Obama, right. all three, both got two terms. Um, so you already have that, uh, the weight of history, trying to beat a, a sitting president I will after say his first that those term. presidents, were all three of them in war, though? Uh, well, they've all, they all had conflict, but it was only Bush that was in, like, war, war. Like, that was during yeah. the war in Afghanistan yeah. and the war in that Iraq a, and stuff yeah. like that. And so, like, Clinton had, like, Kosovo and stuff like that. But it wasn't, like, the war on terror. Right. It was just, okay, you're right. It was just Bush. I was, but I'm going to say, too, it, it, there was a war going on. So you don't unsee the president in the middle of the war either. That's true. But um, That's true. That's one of the reasons why uh, Roosevelt got, what, four terms. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're right. So, so, yeah. So you have, so you have this and a lot of people, and, and when you see a lot of the Democrats who are running for president, a lot of them, to me, are are positioning themselves way, way, way to the left. And they're going to, whoever the eventual nominee is, is going to pay for that when they have to go to middle America, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and try to sell their policies. But I think if you are a Trump supporter, if you are in Trump world, and if you've been riding with him for, from the start, this is a very good day for you. Because it basically was as close to a complete exoneration as you're going to get. Yeah, I'm still waiting for Republican leaders to be like, you know what, we've had enough to... Oh, well, that ain't going to happen now. I know. (laughs) It definitely ain't going to happen I mean, I'm not saying, like, I'm, like, excited, like, I know something's going to already happen. I'm just saying, I'm waiting, like... <laughs> that's really what my prayer is. Like there's like the old folks say, you tearing on. Yeah, I'm tearing. On. <laughs> like you know, everybody wasn't all excited when he was nominated. So let's not get comfortable, y'all. I'm just saying. Well, you know, it's a lot. Of, I mean, you and I both know this. There are a lot of Republicans in office who still don't like him. That's what I'm saying. Like behind closed the doors, reality, they let's let's be right. Let's just be real about it. And let's <laughs> go ahead and you know think this through. We don't want another four years. But I, if I had to put money on it right now, I mean, but then again, I didn't think he'd win in the first place. So, you know, my I might be off on the whole Trump phenomenon. But I think if I had to put money on it right now, I would put money on him getting reelected. All right. Uh, let everybody know how to get in contact with you on social media. Oh, that's something that I've been wanting to do. What? We need to have like a naming contest for me or something on social media. Oh, to change your. Yes. If you realize I did change my name on Instagram. I saw that. So here's the deal. Make me do that. Not making you didn't make me. But when I decided to do this, I realized why my names are so different everywhere. Mm-hmm. I do not know what the deal is. But Ashley R. Evans are apparently every freaking weird. Oh, really? Yes. And it was so, so I tell this quick story. So funny on uh, the State of the Union address. Mm-hmm. One of pre- uh, Trump's guest name was Ashley R. Evans. And really? she was from Ohio. Really? And 
it was funny. The only reason I knew this is because my daughter's father texted me like, oh, you're going to the State of the Union. I didn't know you were a Trumpian or whatever. And I was like, ha ha, yeah, whatever. Tully was not me. Completely different girl. Looks nothing like me, whatever. But literally, if you even Google Ashley R. Evans, it'd be like a bunch of white girls that would pop up and not be me. (laughs) So this now made me very aware of why my social media tags are so different because I cannot get my name initials or what I tend to use in my head anywhere and that is including in my email and whatever so I've been suffering this thing for years so I had to figure out like what do I call do you have myself? a nickname not really like uh. a ghetto nickname that I ain't about to tell everybody <laughs> and it's like only my uncle can call me that like nobody else can Okay, so we're gonna have a yeah, we'll have a contest. We're gonna put that out on social media and we're gonna have a contest to name to rename Ashley social media. But for now, the ones you have now tell them. So how to again, follow. I don't even know what they are because I just changed it. <laughs> so I think on M- Instagram is Miss MS dot AR Evans. I, I don't know. So. Something like that. So. Uh something close to that on Twitter. Right. <laughs> a underscore R Evans. And find me on Facebook at Ashley R. Evans. And of course you can find me at all social media platforms at D the Kingpin. That's D T H E K I N G P I N. All right, we're out of here. Ashley, this was our first time covering breaking breaking news breaking as news. as it was happening. Somebody actually made themselves available. <laughs> Here she go with that mess. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to go. We out of here. All right, (laughs) y'all. Peace. The FCB Radio Network. First class broadcasting worldwide.